Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. little bit of NBA, talk about the MLB since my favorite human being on the planet has now moved and is relocated to Philadelphia. He'll be playing for the Phillies. And then we're going to finish up just with NFL cleanup duty. We're going to probably get a little bit of golf in there. I'm going to surprise Wits with that as the Masters are just around the corner. Um, but let's get into it. College basketball today. Uh, I've been hitting a lot of parlays recently. Not correctly, but I've definitely been sending them into the bookie. We all know how that goes. You get really excited. You pick four games. Lately, my first game of each parlay has lost, so be very careful of that. I would say put your most confident ones first. That way you get to have more fun gambling throughout the night. But uh, let's talk about the top ten real quick. Uh, a lot of movement below one and two. We had Gonzaga remain atop. They beat St. Mary's 69-55 to 55 earlier in the week. They're going to be number one. You know how I feel about that, Wits. Gonzaga, team to me, I don't feel is rightfully ranked. I think Virginia arguably could be the number one there. They're still 27-2. and two. Only loss is coming to Duke, which at the time had Zion Williamson on them. Um, what do you think about Gonzaga and looking at them as they have the second best odds right now to win the national title at 8-1? to one. Do you think Virginia is more deserving at, to be at the top spot right now, or are you kind of like Gonzaga where they're at? No, I kind of like Gonzaga where they're at. Um, you know, you look, look at their games in Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2. That's where we start talking a little NCAA tournament action. Uh, they're 12-2. and two. Um, zero losses to schools ranked outside of the top six, you know, of the top 25 teams. You know, they've won 20 straight games by an average of almost 30 points. Um, so I like Gonzaga, and I think, you know, I, I really started liking them when they took down Duke earlier this year. Um, I, th- I think they got the players, and especially the coach and Mark Few, uh, to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. And I think you, you saw a few years ago, you know, all the non-believers, um, you know, they made it to the national championship game against, uh, I believe it was North Carolina, um, weren't able to bring home the title. But you know, I, th- I think Gonzaga is everybody as good as these teams at the top, like Virginia, Duke, Tennessee, uh, North Carolina. Um, you know, I think they're going to get a one seed. I think it's going to be well-deserved. And, you know, Gonzaga, is, I feel like they're usually an unpopular pick uh, to make it to the Final Four, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if they made it there this year. I think they got a lot of experience um, and like I said, I can't say enough about Mark Few because he's been doing it for so long. 
um, has been doing a lot of great things at Gonzaga. So I, th- I think the Bulldogs are, I think they're a team to be a team to be reckoned with this postseason. Very fair. And the team I've been bashing all year is UNC, but they are really turning it up when it matters. They have that big game Saturday against Duke. I'm obviously hoping Zion Williamson will be there in return to face off against the team he had to exit against. Uh, UNC, number three in the country right now, 12 to 1 odds to win the national title. Kind of sexy to me. I'm going to be real with you for a second. I've been bashing them a lot, Xander, and I know I flip flop here and there, especially in the college basketball arena, but I kind of like UNC here. I think Duke will win if Zion is playing, but I think if UNC gets a good draw come tournament time, especially if both Duke and UNC finish as one seeds, they wouldn't have to face each other till the Final Four, if not the championship. I'm starting to, to hop on the Tar Heel bandwagon. Roy Williams, he just collapsed the other day. You need that from a coach. You need kind of some adversity. So he collapsed from vertigo. This team is going upwards. I kind of like UNC here, minus the fact that I think they're going to lose this Saturday at home to Duke. But UNC twelve to one, kind of a sexy pick if you're if you're asking me. Yeah, dude, I like UNC too. I'm, I've always been a big fan, and I think they're they're making the charge pretty early. I was waiting for them to really um, explode into the conference tournament and into the uh, NCAA tournament. But you look at the Tar Heels; they've got an unbelievable resume. Um, you know, they're strong in the net ratings. They sit in the top five in the Ken Palm ratings. Uh, you know, Sagarin, BPI, whichever, you know, ranking system you want to look at, um, they've really got an elite strength of schedule. And they're 10-1 and one on the road. Um, pair of wins over Gonzaga and Duke, I think pretty unparalleled when you look at the rest of college basketball. Also beat Virginia Tech in Florida State. Uh, I, I really like this Tar Heels team. Um, you know, they're one win away from at least a share of the ACC regular season title. And I think a big guy, Luke May, I think he's going to play a big role in this year's NCAA tournament. Um, and like you said, I'm really excited for this rematch against Duke. Don't know if Zion's going to play, but I think this will still be a, a good game regardless. Um, then you look like other guys, Cameron Johnson, Garrison Brooks. I mean, this team is really firing on all cylinders and they're, they're a team to watch out for. Um, I don't know if they're going to end up with a number one seed. I'm not quite sure, but either way, I don't really care. I hope they end up as a two or three. Um, I feel a lot more confident taking them because I usually don't like taking one seeds all the way. Uh, like going a little That's bit against. That's because you're them. not a chalk guy. You're not a big chalk. I'm guy. not. I'm not, a, I'm not a chalk guy. I don't. Sometimes like you got to go with the chalk. You know, so you, like yeah. you, people complain about that. Yeah, it, it's I mean, a bracket. Uh, right. You know, I'm not not going to deny uh, that the chalk wins a lot of the time, but you know, we're a decade in. I won the won the bracket about 10 years ago today. Um, so I, I feel like I've got a little little more stake in picking these big winners. That's a 14-year-old wits right there. It's 14-year-old wits. Can you imagine you were doing this at 14, talking to me still? Yeah, no, I, I thought I'd be done with that at around 18. Kind of a but, curse, right? But, uh, uh, yeah, but let's a talk curse. about, so you said UNC, you'd like them not to be a one seed. I can see that happening if they're, they make an early exit in the ACC championship, or in the tournament, I mean, and if Duke wins out and Virginia wins out, knocking away UNC, I think UNC has its path made. They're going to need to at least get to the finals, which I think does help propel them to a one seed. I think ACC is going to be given a lot of love when it comes tournament time. Um, and then a win, clearly, I think a win would put them over Virginia and Duke, which is insane, since it seems like it's been the Duke-Virginia battle. But where it stands right now, Duke is worrying me, Wits, and it's a matter of, is Zion Williamson going to play? A lot of people say he is. They're just really being precautious. Trey Jones has appeared to be on and off the court in terms of his being banged up and injured. 
that scares me, especially with them being the absolute favorite to win the national title at 9-4. to four. Tell me how you're feeling about Duke. We just watched that game against Wake Forest earlier in the week where a missed layup at the end that rimmed out almost gave Wake Forest a W over story, Duke. Story of your life. Story of your life. Story of my life all the time. It's rimmed out. Um, just rimmed out. Uh, in every bet, in every game, in every whatever I do, I'm just one rim out away from a win. Um, but Duke sitting at four, 26-4. If they get Zion back, I'm comfortable. If they don't get Zion back, very nervous, as well as Trey Jones's injury status makes me very nervous about Duke, a team I was ready to cap and crown the champion. Yeah, I think we're seeing there, there's I think there's quite a few good teams that could make a run and win this tournament. And the longer that Duke plays without Zion, um, you know, I'm not gonna not gonna say I'm a college basketball expert, but I feel like you want you want your team to be playing, you know, at its peak. Going into the going into your conference tournament, hopefully you get a chance to win. But at least you just want to see some good basketball. Um, and Coach K, you know, was adamant following Duke's last game that Zion Williamson is going to return at some point this season. But you know, we've heard coaches say plenty of things over the years that you know may or may not come true. So I'm not exactly sure how healthy he is, how close he is to coming to play. Um, but you look at the NCAA tournament is is not a place where you can you know make a mistake and have a bad game because then you're out. So it'll right. be interesting to see you know when Zion or if you know if and when he comes back, you know what is that going to look like for the Blue Devils? Because you, from an offensive standpoint, I mean R.J. Barrett and I feel like is the only consistent thing they've got going for him right now. Um, um, so we'll get to more college basketball after the break. But that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge. Everybody, we'll catch you next. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back at the Sporting Edge, and let's talk a little bit about Duke and RJ Barrett before uh, the break. And, yeah, and I think Duke is a team right now. There, there, there's no doubt in my mind they're good enough to make it to the Sweet 16 without Zion Williamson. But you, know, you get to the you get to the Sweet 16. Do you want to make a bet on that? That they aren't. Well, no, I'm not going to bet on it. They could definitely lose. I I've seen Duke lose their fair share of first and second round games over the past ten years. I would never bet on them making it out. But I have a stay woke moment there, though. Think about this. If he holds out Zion till the ACC tournament, he did that with Kyrie Irving. I know they're two completely different players, and I know it's two completely different circumstances. But Duke did not figure out its stride, and they made an early exit the year they had Kyrie Irving, who I can argue is one of the best players, if not the best player, Coach K has coached. Was that um, when they got knocked out against Mercer? Was that the 14-3 matchup? No, that was that was like a pl- one of the Plumleys were there, which is like an easy cop out for me because if honestly for a ten year stretch, me and you could say there was a Plumley there to get knocked out on, you know. Yeah. But I it was it was one of the Plumley teams, which I'm sure Kyrie played with one of them as well. Yeah, so I mean, you look at you know one of the things I love looking at going into tournaments is which which teams are really vibing, which teams are gelling, um, and which teams are playing really good basketball. And you know, Duke Duke is not. Not doing that for me right now, um, and especially beating Wake Forest by one point after being, I think it was 29, 28-point favorites. Um, it wasn't very encouraging, but you know a lot of things can change in the next couple weeks, so we'll see. Um, but you know, let, let's talk a little, bit about, a little bit about the Cavaliers here, Roz. Power rankings, ESPN have them number one. I know they're ranked number two in the AP poll right now. Um, you know, how do you see them? Farron in the tournament. I know a lot of people have a sour taste in their mouth 
you know, after them getting knocked off last year as the number one overall seed. Uh, but this team seems like they've been playing with a little fire in their belly this year. Uh, they pounded Syracuse last Monday, 79-53. to 53. Uh, Big game versus Louisville today, Saturday. So, you know, what are you, what are you thinking about Virginia here? Are they a team that's going to go far in this year's tournament? Uh, for me, Virginia is my favorite pick right now. I think I might even have them over Duke. It's tough to beat a team three times in a year, and it might be four. I mean, it depends on where things go in the ACC tournament, but I really do like Virginia. I am not a naysayer, and I'm not a hater on what occurred last year. I'm going to put that in the rearview mirror. I really do like Virginia. I think they are the best team in the country right now. I told you I don't feel that way about Gonzaga. I think the ACC makes it interesting. I think the ACC has a lot to show. They're a lot like the SEC of college basketball or what the SEC is to college football. Um, And I think they need to prove their dominance when it comes to tournament time. We have seen early exits from teams in years past out of this conference, but I think it's a loud year for them. I think they're going to come in and make some noise. I want to see the odds drop a little bit on them before I put all my money in their basket. They're currently sitting at 13 to 2. I would definitely like that 2 to turn to a 1. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I know uh, beggars can't be choosers here, but betters will be choosers when they want to put their money on it. Um, That's how I'm feeling about Virginia. Let's. I, I I brought up the. Well, SEC I also I got list. another thing about Virginia. I mean, I know that this is the way too early version of what the bracket's going to look like. But taking a look at Joe Lenardi, what he's got set up uh, from a bracketology perspective, you know, looking at the projected spot for Virginia right now up in the East, um, up in that quadrant, looks like a relatively, you know, easier part of the bracket when I as compared to looking at some other spots I mean you know Michigan State is the two seed LSU is the three Kansas is the four Maryland is the five I mean you know out of all the other cake and a walk yeah you know out of all the other spots to be in the tournament you know I I think that'd be a pretty good draw when you're looking at it I mean looking at the Midwest um, you know Joe Lenardi's got his Kentucky is the one North Carolina is the two um, Texas Tech is the three Wisconsin is a four you know, I would have, happen to think that's going to be a lot tougher draw for Kentucky. And then, you know, looking at the South, Duke, Tennessee, Purdue, which I'm a really big fan of, uh, Marquette, Kansas State, and then the West, you know, Gonzaga, Michigan, um, Houston, Florida State, and Iowa State. And that's as it is right now. It's obviously going to change. But I wouldn't be you know, super upset, you know, looking well, you at— We brought up Kentucky, so we might as well bring up five and six on the board, Tennessee and Kentucky, who both trounced one another when they played each other on the opposing courts. Tennessee, the one doing it this past weekend to Kentucky. Tennessee, big win over Mississippi State earlier this week. Kentucky, not so big win over Mississippi. They won by four, did not cover my bet. If you don't cover my bet, I'm going to throw some shade. So I'm throwing some shade towards the Kentucky Wildcats, a team to me that— can be caught off guard. They're a team that if you come fast, you put the best defensive effort you can out there, they're not going to find a way to the basket. They don't score very well. They don't shoot very well. Tyler Hero, probably the best option there in terms of three-point scoring. Um, Keldon Johnson's been less than impressive the entire season. I, I don't like the SEC. I say it over and over again. Not a big fan of them. Tennessee, Kentucky, I'm seeing early outs from these teams. I know you probably do like Calipari a little bit more than me, and you think he's a little more tricky than than I think he is, but I, I don't have a whole lot of love for the SEC, so you're going to have to come to their defense if you feel it. Yeah, you know what? I'm not going to speak on Tennessee. I'm not a huge fan. You know, I think they'll I think they'll do pretty decent in the tournament, but I'm not feeling a Final Four berth. On the other hand, 
uh, maybe unpopular opinion, but I love the Kentucky Wildcats this year in the tournament. Um, I know they just got spanked by Tennessee on the road, but honestly, I don't care. I saw what I needed to see um, when they played Tennessee at home. I saw a lot of great things. I think this Kentucky team is going to start rolling pretty soon, and I would love for them to sneak in as a two-seed. I really don't want to see him as a one, um, but I love Kentucky this year. They're definitely going to be a Final Four team for me. Uh, so if they can match up in the same in the same region as Tennessee, with Tennessee being the one, I would love nothing more than that because I, I think Kentucky is going to have a huge tournament. Um, but I think they're going to start in the SEC tournament. I, I'm I'm putting all my chips in the table, and I'm going to say Kentucky wins the SEC this year. Wow, not not a not a hard chip to put on. I mean, other than Tennessee, not a whole lot running through that well, LSU. conference. Maybe a little bit of Auburn or a little LSU, but the end of the day neither really impressed me like i've said but finishing off the top 10 we've got two big 10 teams one more sec team and potentially the new big 12 champion for the first time in 14 seasons after an oklahoma dismantling of kansas earlier this week we've got texas tech sitting at eight they're 25 and 5 on the year they beat texas on the road convincingly by 19 points texas tech is a sexy eight spot for me uh it's hard picking the Big 12 when it comes to the tournament. I haven't really loved them. I used to be a big Kansas supporter, but they'd let me down every time I was filling out a bracket. Texas Tech currently sitting at 22-1, to 1, so favorable odds. And they are the eighth-ranked team in the country currently. I like them. They're on the road against ISU this week. I think that's a big matchup if they can go in there, prove they're great on the road, prove that this is their conference this season. I definitely give a little love to the Texas Tech Raiders when it comes to the tournament time. Yeah, and it's funny, you bring up Kansas, uh, the run of an unbelievable 14 consecutive Big 12 regular season uh, championships. I mean, that is, that's kind of like Patriots-level-esque dominance in the Big 12. Um, and like you mentioned, they got spanked by Oklahoma, 81-68. to 68. So, you know, now Texas Tech, Kansas State, 13-4 in conference play. Uh, you know, Kansas is eliminated from contention in the re- Big 12 regular season. Um Pretty pretty crazy. I mean, you look at Bill Self's first Big 12 championship game in his second season in Kansas back in 2004, 2005. You know, we were, I think, 9 or 10 years old back then. So it was quite a long time ago, 14 years in the making. So interesting. You, know, you bring up Texas Tech. Um, I'm actually a pretty big fan of Texas Tech. You know, they find themselves in the top 10. Been playing some great basketball this year. Um, you know, Chris Beard, I think, has done a fantastic job. They spanked Texas on Monday, which I think is a big win. Um, but then you look at the Big 12 regular season title, you know, they notched their eighth win in a row this past week. And, you know, I, I see a lot of good things from this Texas Tech team. I haven't seen them play a ton this year. Um, but High-scoring team. Very high-scoring team. And then, you know, you look at Texas Tech, you know, they've scored at least one point per possession in six consecutive games, 1.31. Um, you know, in their past five before Monday's victory at Texas. So high-flying team, they can do a lot. Is it going to be enough in the tournament, uh, you know, to make an Elite Eight Final Four berth? I don't think so, but this is definitely an exciting team, and I think, it'll be, I think they're going to be a pretty popular bracket pick this year. And we got all, all the bracket action coming at you pretty soon, um, so get ready, whatever pools you're in. Um, it's that time of the year to get ready. Uh, fork up that 20 40 50 bucks. however much the, the bracket's going to cost you. It's definitely worth it, but that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. You miss a show, you know where to find us. LibertyTalk.fm, AMFM247.com.
What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Lady, the cow guy, is seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got The Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? This is the Sporting Edge. We are back, and we got a lot more to cover for you today. So, uh, Roz, what do we got left on the menu? Absolutely. And, Wits, we're not done with basketball, but we are done with college basketball for the day. Before we get into the NBA, any last thoughts about NCAA March Madness and it coming up? I mean, I'm always excited for conference play. We've got Wright State and the uh, Horizon League already starting their tournament. I mean, I couldn't be more excited to watch Wright State versus UIC. But uh, any other last remaining thoughts you may have about the college basketball season right before tournament time? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, I don't know if, if you guys uh, saw the Nevada-Utah State. Um, or was it Utah State? I don't know. It was- it was Utah State. It was we Utah were State. About the, uh, yeah, the, there the were, argument. There was a, a lot of a lot of after game antics going on in the locker room. A lot of stuff going on with the fans and the opposing team. And I I actually really like Nevada. Um, I think they're going to make a lot of noise in the tournament. Nevada and Kentucky are actually my my two dark horse teams. Um, and I, you know, it's hard to say Kentucky's a dark horse sitting here near the top five, but those are two teams that I really like in this year's tournament. I think Nevada has a lot of experience. They got a lot of valuable experience last year, um, so they're a team that I'm looking at. But yeah, talking about the NCAA tournament, it's really the best time of the year because you know we go straight from you know March Madness into Major League Baseball. Then we get NBA playoffs. We get football. Um, really, the best time of the year. So we're uh, really on the upswing here. Um, and I'm also looking for a big bracket pool. If anybody knows of any, let me know. Uh, I might. We might, everybody should join Chad Ransom's bracket pool on ESPN. We'll put out links for that. Don't worry about it. But uh, we're all we all go for the big bracket prize. Can't be in a small bracket because then who are you bragging to? Yeah, exactly. You got to do it. But uh, yeah, Roz, you know, you talked. Let's uh, move on to the NBA. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. It seems like a lot of drama this year with a lot of star players. I, I don't Just particularly tons of like drama it all the time. Tons it's of like drama. Keep, keeping up with the NBA is should be the new reality show. They should bump the Kardashians off E and go straight to keeping up with the NBA. When isn't there drama in the NBA? I mean, you got Kevin Durant not agreeing with his coach, Steve Kerr. They're saying they'd rather play fun than aggressive and angry. I mean, it's sport. Be competitive. Show some edge. They just got their asses handed to them by the Boston Celtics earlier this week, a team that has been absolutely struggling. And that it leads me to believe, is why, why put out this fake fake act to try to get people on the other side of the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors are going to win that or the NBA title, no doubt. But a lot of people are now creating the argument that the Rockets are for the real, the Bucks are for real, and maybe the Celtics showed that they could go seven-game series against the Golden State Warriors as well. But I'm saying foo-foo and the nonsense, and you're going to have to 
straighten me out your wits if you disagree. <laughs> no, I, I am over the nonsense. Uh, first thing I'm really over is LeBron and the Lakers. I mean, I'm so tired of hearing about what's going on in L.A. because, honestly, there's nothing. Um, L.A. has been embarrassing this year, and I don't care that LeBron was hurt for 18 games. Uh, they have been atrocious. I think they got a 1% chance now making the playoffs, and I, I honestly, I laughed pretty hard when I saw the clip of Kyle Kuzma pushing LeBron into position on defense the other night because he didn't know where he was. Um, but this has been an absolute train wreck of a season for the Lakers. And you think about it, Roz, if they don't get a big free agent to come to L.A. next year, then they're going to be in all sorts of trouble because I feel like LeBron's playing on a team very similar to the Cavs the past few years. Um, there's not much around him, and there's a lot of there's a lot of young players I'm going to say not all young talent, but you got a, a lot of random guys too, like Ray John Rondo, JaVale McGee, and not to say that they've had bad years, but this team is just not very good. And I'm kind of, I'm tired of hearing about them because, you know, at 30 I, and 34 right now, uh, it I hurts. Mean, it does hurt. It hurts because I've, I've defended LeBron being a Midwest guy, a guy who thinks LeBron arguably is the best player of all time. That's an argument for a different day and a statistical value we'll go over later down the line. Lakers right now sitting at 150 to one to win the NBA title. So way out of the question, in my opinion. And like you said, they're currently sitting five and a half games out of the eighth spot of the Western conference. It's brutal. And you said it best. I haven't thought about it this way in a minute, but it is similar to this Cavs team he just left there just isn't the talent around him to help and you've been waiting for how long for Brandon Ingram to show out you gave Lonzo Ball another full year I know he's been battling injuries with that knee that's been a problem Um, Kyle Kuzma has been the guy but is he really the number two to LeBron to win a title these young guys they don't look like they're hitting and in a league where you need to hit right away it's got to scare the Lakers. I mean, yeah. yes, you get the Roz, I know, I know this. I know this might might hurt your ego a little bit, but does this does this kind of season at all change LeBron's legacy? Maybe a little bit. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that it changes the type of player that he is, but you know, he made eight straight appearances in the NBA Finals in the Eastern Conference, which was just brutally, to be brutally honest, was was notoriously weak. It was very weak compared to the West. And now his first year in the West, I mean, he's sitting there as the 11th ranked team out of 16. And, you know, I look at the the makeup of the two teams that he was on the past two years being kind of similar. I mean, he's obviously the guy, probably maybe the best player ever. I'm not going to give him, I'm not going to sell that totally. But does this change things at all that, you know, he moved to the West and, now is not even in the top 10 out of the 16 teams in that conference um, that he can't even really crack a playoff spot, it looks like, this year? Well, on one hand, you have the Cavaliers who are 16-48 and 48 the first year without him, and we've done this argument before. When he left the Cavs to go to Miami, you saw the exact same thing with the Cavs posting the worst record in the NBA. What you are kind of right about this year is he is 21-22 and 22 against the Western Conference, which isn't great. It is... You're near 500 there, so you can make the argument that, hey, if you put together a good stretch against that weak Eastern Conference, and I'm using air quotes, but that's bad radio because you can't see it, he's 9-12 and 12 against the Eastern Conference this year, and that's not impressive by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not sure what's going on other than the talent around him has been awful, and the big hoopla of Anthony Davis, I think, ruined this team. I understand the injury didn't come at a good time for LeBron, 
But this hoopla about bringing Anthony Davis in, there has to be absolutely zero chemistry in this locker room. There has to be zero interest moving forward because these players think they're going to be gone anyways because there's still room to trade them come the offseason. And if you're LeBron, you got to be scared out of your mind that time was wasted enough for Anthony Davis to be traded to the Boston Celtics, which is a very possible situation. With the, actually, the Celtics now holding the highest percentage and best odds of landing Anthony Davis come this offseason. I'm worried for LeBron moving forward. Are there enough superstars to go around come next for agency? Yes, but the recruiting hasn't been on his end so far. They didn't pull anybody else on his year. I'm a little concerned. And legacy-wise, I'm hoping we're not coming to the end. His statistics are saying otherwise. He's still one of the most dominant players in the league. But his team play has not been great. His defense has taken a massive hit. And it is starting to. I am starting to see the beginning of the end of the reign of LeBron James, especially with this Golden State Warriors team that's clogging up the front, being one to two favorites to win the NBA Finals. Right. And I mean, I think one of the biggest differences in the two conferences, you know, look at the A seed in the West is the Spurs at 36 and 29. You look at the A seed in the East, the Miami Heat at 30 and 34. And you have to go all the way up to the fifth seed, Boston Celtics, um, you know, to get, to get a record that matches up with that of the Spurs. So, you know, Eastern Conference notoriously a lot weaker, and I think we're seeing that this year. Um, but another team that I think has uh, surprised a lot of people this year, Roz, is the Denver Nuggets. They sit as the number two seed in the West right now with a 42-21 and 21 record. Um, you know, what do, what do you think of the Nuggets' chances of making some noise in the playoffs this year? Um, I like it. It It's tricky with them being the two because if it were to end today, they'd have to face the Rockets in the second round. That is being if the Rockets can get past the Utah Jazz or the L.A. Clippers, whoever fit, falls there. I mean, again, always the potential for the Trailblazers to slip up a little bit and we get a rematch of the Rockets Trailblazers, which was one of the greatest early round postseason series I'd ever seen in my life. Uh, the Nuggets can make noise kind of. I think they can have a nice showing, maybe a sweep to like get the enthusiasm up in Denver. But the Rockets, they're 15 to one to win it. I mean, the Nuggets are all the way down to 30 to one to win it. I really like the Rockets, honestly. If I if I had to throw money anywhere else in the world, I was convinced that the Rockets would be the team I pick, especially since I do believe the Eastern Conference is so weak. Um, but yeah, I don't think the Nuggets really get past the second round when it comes to the NBA postseason this year. Yeah, I think I, I got to disagree with you here. I mean, you look at this past Saturday, the Nuggets actually started, you know, their preferred lineup of Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap, Will Barton, Gary Harris, and Jamal Murray for the first time since October 20th, you know, after battling a lot of injuries all season. Um, you know, Nuggets, they have a three and a half game lead for second place in the West, you know, I think which affords them a lot of time and opportunity for that lineup to kind of mesh together. Cause they a lot of, got a lot of great pieces. Um, you know, I've always been a big fan of Paul Millsap and now, you know, it seems like he's been in the league for 20 years, but I think he, he's a great player and I, I love the Gary Harris, Jamal Murray combo. And then Nikola Jokic, um, you know, I think is one of the more underrated big men in the league. So I like the Nuggets. I'm, I'm not on the same page as the Rocket with the Rockets here. Um, they've had their struggles, uh, but they are sitting at 38 and 25 as we sit here tonight. Um, we're 4-0 last week. So, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Rockets and what else is going on in the NBA after the break. If you miss a show, everybody, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm and amfm247.com. Well, 
What's up? What's up, everybody? This is the Sporting Edge here with Wits and Roz, and uh, you know, talking a little bit about the Rockets. And I'm, I'm not a big fan, though. I, I just think you know the Rock. I think this experiment is going to come to an end very soon. You know, as Chris Paul becomes you know another year older, uh, James Harden is a great player, but you know how much can he really do? Um, you know, not not playing any defense, especially with a team like the Warriors in the West. So I, I think that's going to be tough. So I'm, I'm not I'm not really high on the Rockets this postseason. I also think my, part of my problem with the Nuggets is is like there's something coming out east with an itch at the end of it. I mean, and usually when you hear an itch, it's not a good thing. But you got the Jokic, the Jerkic, the Nurkic, the Vukovic, the all of these players all around the league now. And where's why doesn't LeBron have a an itch at the end of it? You know, like maybe that's what you need these days. You, you need itch, a big you European s- guy. You got to scratch it. You got an itch. You got to scratch it. The team's got to scratch it, and I don't think they're scratching it all over. Like if this guy or Jokic is really the big deal, and clearly it's paid off for something. Them sitting forty-two and twenty-one here, um, it looks like that's a valuable part to teams. Just go out east, find a guy that isn't Lamelo Ball who's coming from Greece. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm not feeling the Nuggets. I don't think they've had enough experience come postseason time. I really think Harden is that spectacular right now, at least scoring. Wise, I don't know about all the rest of his game, but his scoring is all that matters when it comes to postseason. Look at the high-scoring affairs we get in the Western Conference postseason. So I do like the Rockets. I think me and you will be on different pages, especially when it comes to the uh, the NBA postseason. But uh, let's let's get off the West because we're really riding that high horse. You know I'm picking the Warriors to win the NBA title as is right now. But the next two teams that have the best odds, Milwaukee Bucks 8-1, to Toronto Raptors 12-1. to Do you put your money – on either of those teams, wits. Be honest with me. Any mortgages being sold here? Mm, I don't think any mortgages are being sold on the Bucks or the Raptors. Um, I don't really like the Raptors that much. I think they're a team, and we saw them, you know, finish two years in a row at the top of the East um, and get taken out by LeBron twice. And I think on some teams that are nowhere near as good as the teams at the top of the West right now, which is who they're going to have to eventually match up with. You know, were they to make it to the NBA Finals? I don't think that's going to happen. Um, it was kind of funny. You look at the Raptors ended up firing their coach, Dwayne Casey, after two uh, two championships on the Eastern Conference. So I, th- I thought that was pretty funny. But if I'm going to put my money on one team out of those two, I would definitely take the Bucks. Um, you know, you, you can't say enough about Giannis. He's, uh, I think, one, one of the best in the NBA. And uh, think about this stat. Um, you know, dealing with a lot of injuries uh, this past week, Mike Budenholzer, coach of the Bucks, rolled out a starting five with four players who stand six foot ten or taller, making it the NBA's tallest starting lineup in 15 years. Um, so, I think at some level it worked. You know, Bucks jumped out to an 11-0 lead to begin the game. Um, you know, against the Jazz, but you know, Donovan Mitchell finished with 46. Um, Utah ended up winning that game, but you know I do like the Bucks. They've been playing such good basketball this year, and I think when you surround a guy like Giannis, who commands so much attention near the middle of the floor, and surround him with him, some guys who can play, some guys who can shoot, um, you know you've seen what a team can do. And the Bucks sitting at the top of the East right now, um, they're they're just they're really doing it this year, and I'm, I'm happy to see. Uh, you know, I think a few years ago we saw some potential uh, Jason Kidd, and it didn't work out with him. But you know, the Bucks. You know, I, I think they're a great team, but I don't think they're going to be the team that comes out of the East. I agree, and I I understand Chris Middleton has turned into this All Star 
player as well as potentially a second option. But for me, he even looks like a third or fourth option. I think Giannis is going to have the same troubles that LeBron did. He's going to need one more guy at the level of like maybe a Devin Booker or a Clay Thompson. You know, I think that's what you need because he isn't a prolific scorer or shooter. And I take that back about the scorer. I meant shooter. He can get to the rim at will. Um, to me, I know they've been struggling. And I know I might be praising a game that was a regular season nothing game, but the Celtics at 30-1, to 1, I still love them. I, I really do out of the East. They have the most complete team. They might not be playing well together right now, and there might be some drama with the whole Jalen Brown saying they've been uncomfortable, Gordon Hayward saying a long plane ride's all they needed to get back on track. They have the most complete team. I don't care what you say. Gordon Hayward, two back-to-back 30-point games. This guy is looking Like, he's getting hot at the right time. You bring Kyrie back in the fold. You still have Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, the young guys. Um, I I love it. you got a leader in Horford down low. You've got a lot of potential with this Celtics team because I think they have the most star power outside of the Philadelphia 76ers who, to me, might be too young at this point when it comes to the postseason. But who knows? I could be completely wrong. I love the Celtics. I'm not putting a mortgage out on them, but I might take a car loan to put some money on the Boston Celtics come postseason basketball time, especially when it comes to Eastern Conference. I kind of like the Boston Celtics sitting at 4-1. to one. Might throw a nice little handy spot on that. I think everybody who listens to this show should probably join in with me. The 76ers are valued at 18 to, or 16-5 to five right above them, but I'm telling you, I'm feeling the Celtics. Put, bring your checkbooks out. Bring your wallets out. Come join me. Yeah, I mean, I hate agreeing with you. It really, uh, it really bursts my bubble. But you know, it does I, burst your bubble. It we does, we but, like to be on opposing edges. That's what the football season's for. Right? Yeah, you fo- football a lot because you know I'm not, I'm not going home every night getting excited about the NBA regular season. But you know, I have to agree with you here. I do like the Celtics, and I honestly could not care less about what's going on, you know, with all the players and in that locker room because I know it's been kind of a weird season with Kyrie, all the media attention, um, and now Jalen Brown. Uh, but I like this team. I think they're the most complete team in the East. I think they've got the experience. Uh, we saw them almost make a trip to the NBA Finals last year. Um, I think they're going to put it together. They've got the pieces. They've got the talent, and something tells me that Brad Stevens is going to get this team in a year. I mean, we've got about 20 games left in the regular season here, um, and I just don't I just don't see a scenario where the Celtics team isn't going to be at the top of their game come playoff time. You know, Say what you want about Kyrie. Not a big fan, but the guy has been there. He's won an NBA championship, and I still remember that three-pointer he hit against the Warriors in the finals a few years back. Um, I think this team, if there's any team that's going to take down a team in the West, I think it's going to be the Boston Celtics. Right. I mean, they just are stockpiled with talent, too. They actually have depth. They have a very successful starting five, and that's not to say the Bucks and the Raptors don't. But at the end of the day, I've seen Kyle Lowry just lose himself when it comes to the postseason. I mean, he has one of the worst three-point shooting percentages in Eastern Conference, NBA, postseason history. Uh, and I know they acquired Marcus Saul to help down low, and I think that is a nice little piece for them there. But he is aging, just like his brother Pau. I don't know how much the Claw is going to be able to do kind of by himself up there in, uh, in the great north. Uh, but Milwaukee, Toronto, they just don't have the depth to me that the Celtics do, and especially if they can get rolling. I know it's been one game, but if the Celtics can get on a roll, it is crunch time. It is time to finish off strong and head into the postseason and uh, make some noise there. That's what uh, that's what I'm really getting at. 
Yeah, and then uh, just a couple other teams I wanted to bring up. You know, I want to give a shout out to the Brooklyn Nets this year. Um, you know, as bad <laughs> as they've been in recent history, they are sitting at uh, 500 right now, and they are in a playoff spot in the East. So, got to give a lot of props to them. Um, very, very disappointed in the Timberwolves this year at 30 and 34. I thought they had a lot of potential, and especially a lot more than the Lakers. But you know, they've played some terrible basketball. Sacramento Kings in a few years, I think, will be sitting atop the Western Conference. I really like what they're doing over there in Sacramento. Um, but NBA-wise, I mean, we're, we're just kind of waiting this one out. You know, I don't think that too much is going to change, and especially with those teams, you know, six, seven, eight seeds in either conference, I don't really think, you know, any of those teams have a chance to win at all. I mean, the Warriors are one to two to win it, so basically you know odds makers are telling you that there's almost no scenario where the warriors aren't going to win but it'll be interesting i think it'll be a good playoffs i'm i'm much more excited for the eastern conference because i think you got a lot more wild cards there with a, a lot of teams that haven't been there recently i mean looking at the bucks and no lebron no, and no lebron, LeBron. It, it'll be a new eastern conference champion first time in eight years Right. So, I mean, you look at, for me, the top five teams in the East with the Bucks, Raptors, Pacers, 76ers, and Celtics, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if either of those teams, you know, won the Eastern Conference. In the West, I mean, basically looking at the Warriors, but, you know, I think there's a couple teams that might be able to give them a series. You remember back to last year, I mean, the Houston Rockets were up huge halftime with a 3-2 lead in that series and ended up, you know, blowing two games in a row but we'll forget about that one uh, and unfortunately that is all the time we have here for the sporting edge everybody if you miss a show you know where to find us libertytalk.fm and amfm247.com revolutionary talk for revolutionary times promoting peace liberty and prosperity around the clock libertytalk.fm